Life is nothing without a little chaos to make it interesting. That is a quote by author Amelia Atwater Rhodes, and it's the perfect way to describe everything that we have and will witness over the course of the next week. Remember when I sat down here about 10 days ago and I said, this is going to be one of the craziest periods post Stanley Cup to free agency that we've ever seen? Well, guess what? We're here. The first deal that kind of kicked everything off this weekend, I was I was trying to enjoy a wonderful weekend at the cottage. Not mine. Don't worry. Not mine. <clears throat> and get this note while we're on the golf course that, hey, Ryan Johansson has just been traded to the Colorado Avalanche. Then it became, oh, hey, there's a blockbuster coming between the St. Louis Blues and the Philadelphia Flyers, which were still waiting to be consummated, by the way. This, this trade feels like a cricket match. Just keeps going and going and going. Then the Coyotes make a splash. They trade away a second round pick and they acquire Sean Dersey, which I love that deal for both teams, by the way. And then it made me think, oh, there's got to be something down the pipeline coming here for the Kings, right? And we'll get to, we'll get to Pierre-Luc Dubois in just a minute. Then, like I mentioned, the blockbuster between the Flyers and Blues, which we're still waiting on, involving Kevin Hayes and, and potentially Tory Krug, which hit a snag. Then there's another Flyer trade that we think involving Tony D'Angelo heading back to the Hurricanes, who clearly did not like him at $5 million, but sure looked like they like him at $2.5 million. And then Jordan Stahl signs an extension. So all this whirlwind all weekend, and it feels like it's just the beginning here. It feels like we are getting so much closer to complete and absolute chaos. And more on this Pierre-Luc Dubois thing. The first thing that I thought of was, okay, that's a great deal for the Coyotes because they have a ton of picks and why not bring in a player that can actually play? The first thing that I thought of was, okay, Brant Clark now has a spot on the Kings blue line. Brant Clark has nothing else to prove at the major junior level. He was incredible when he came back. And then I thought, okay, hold on a second. I remember Elliot and Jeff talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois to the Kings as a potential move. Can you imagine the Kings rolling up the middle with Kopitar, Dubois, and Deneau. I mean, that Pacific division, you think, you know, Vegas is going to be back. The Oilers are going to be back. The Kraken are going to be back. And the Kings are going to be back. To have those three guys up the middle in that division, those are the top. That's the best group of centers in that division. And there's no disrespect to the Vegas Golden Knights, who, by the way, just won the Stanley Cup with three pretty good centers. But that would be the best group. This all really kind of just feels like the tip of the iceberg. Like, we haven't heard anything from Calgary. We haven't heard anything from Boston. And I expect that both Craig Conroy and Don Sweeney are working the phones like crazy. We heard the report about Tyler Toffoli being available. Elias Lindholm doesn't want to extend. Noah Hannafin doesn't want to extend. Michael Backlund doesn't want to extend. I said this on the weekend. The Calgary situation reminds me a lot of high school where everybody's committed to going and then the cool kid says, I'm not going. And then nobody shows up. That's exactly what it felt like. 
everybody's like, oh, they're not coming. Oh, you know what? I, I got another thing at the thing with the thing. Sorry, I can't be there. I got I to gotta give my cat a bath. Sorry, too busy. But this is going to be fun. This week, and by the way, I'm in the whole week. So have fun with that. But this week is going to be an absolute blast. It's going to be a ton of fun. And in the words of Michael Keaton playing Bruce Wayne, you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Matt Marchese in for Jeff Merrick all week here on the Jeff Merrick Show. Elliot Friedman on the other side. Let's get the party started. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Just waiting to connect here with Elliot Freeman, but uh, coming up, Corey Lavalette from the North State Journal and The Athletic. We'll talk about the Hurricanes, that extension for Jordan Stahl, as well as uh, an impending Tony D'Angelo deal. And what else the Hurricanes are going to do here? Uh, Jonathan Davis in the second hour. We'll, we'll talk about the Kings, the Pacific Division, and, and how things kind of shake up there. And uh, Ailish Forfar, co-host of the Ma- the Fan Morning Show, uh, she'll be covering the NHL Awards and the draft in Nashville this week for Sportsnet. So we'll get to all of that before the end of the show. And uh, the aforementioned Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts joining me now. Um, Fridge, how many times have you had to charge your phone over the last 72 hours? A lot. Well, I carry two battery packs with me too, so that helps. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you almost have no choice, especially this week, the way that it's going. Like, your phone must have been going absolutely ballistic over the weekend. It was, but that's, you know, at this time of year, you know that's the case, right? So it's the, we know what we signed up for. Now, I guess it's, it's kind of hard to say, but we all thought that this was going to be a crazy kind of couple of weeks following uh, the 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 finality of the Stanley cup final. Have you found that it's been busier than most years or do you think it's just much of the same? It, well, I mean, there's just, there's a lot that's going on. Like there's, it's always like this at this time of year. I think the thing that makes this year a little bit unique, Matt, is that I'm not sure how crazy a lot of these teams are about the trade mar- about the free agent market. Right. So I think there's a lot of talk about trades because they're not convinced that there's a lot of free agents out there that they really like. So I think that adds uh, another layer to this. Um, You know, we'll see where it all goes. Um, You know, I I think Dubois will happen at some point. I think we'll get some more clarity on the Leafs at some point. Um, You know, we'll figure out, we'll start to see where some of these situations go. Uh, But... Um, you know, I, I just think there's going to be a lot flying around there because the cap is tight and people like some of the trade options more than they like some of the free agent options. Um, before we get into kind of the, 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 the nitty gritty of what's going on and the, and the trade that we're, or a couple trades that we're still waiting to be consummated. What in your mind is the biggest storyline that you think will reach its finality this week? Uh, Dubois, I, I yeah. think that one. I think that one gets done. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, and I, and I know there's a lot of these reports about Montreal. I still think it's more likely than not. It's LA. Um, you know, I, at this time of year, like there, like there's a big wild ride, like lots of crazy stuff happens, but I, I think it's more likely than not. It's, it's LA and we'll see, um, you know, they're, they're working, uh, they were working quite hard at it. Everybody was traveling yesterday. 
I think the Jets would like it done before the draft if they can. I think people kind of want this to be over, um, but we'll see. So Dubois, I think, is the one that absolutely gets done. I think in in Toronto, I think we'll start to, I mean, we'll start to see some clarity on, on some of these guys. Uh, I think that, you know, I think they're going to try to get Chen, but I have a feeling that Chen's got some offers out there that are going to push the number a little bit higher. That's going to make it hard on Toronto. I think there's a lot of interest in Achari. Um, you know, I, I think there's a chance that O'Reilly gets some term out here. So I think that's complicated all of Toronto's situation. Like, you know how I feel about uh, about Matthews, that this is going to get done for a few years and, and the Leafs kind of have an idea of what that's going to look like. But now they've got to sort out Nylander and what kind of number is going to be acceptable for him. So... Um, I, I think that this week will bring clarity on some of those fronts, obviously. Okay, let's start with Dubois out of all of that then. Um, last week, you and Jeff talked about L.A. and Montreal kind of being in the mix for for Dubois. And, and I, I liked uh, our, our pal Ken Weeb wondering about the rights to Jonas Corposalo maybe going the other way in a deal. Um, mm-hmm. I would assume, because he's also a center, although he, he has played the wing, would your best guess be that a guy like Quinton Byfield would would probably be in any sort of a package that would go the other way for Pierre-Luc Dubois? I think the opposite. I said on oh. the podcast this morning, I don't think... I mean, I can always be wrong. Like, at this time of year, a lot of flies around. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it on the air. I apologize. Um, but a lot of stuff flies around. But um, uh, I think that... Uh, um, you know, I, I, I think that Byfield is someone the Kings want to keep, and I'm under the impression that they really don't want to, they really don't want to trade him. And uh, I, I think that if they have to play him at wing next year, they will. Now, I could always be wrong, Marzi. It could always, I could turn out to be incorrect, but I am under the impression that the Kings will do whatever they can not to have Byfield in this deal. So would that would that lead you to believe that maybe the guy going the other way might be Gabe Velarde? I think that his name has been discussed. Okay. Yes, I think he's one of the names that's been discussed. But I obviously think there will be more. Like Ken, but I would, uh, Harkins is one of the guys going. I know he's mentioned Corpusallo. Um, You know, it's it's going to be interesting. I think. Uh, but like I said, I think I think Byfield is. Uh, the kind of guy that the Kings want to keep. And I know at the deadline, they called him and they or called his agent and said, we're not moving your guy. So I, I, I don't think that that feeling has changed a lot when it comes to the Kings and Byfield. The other move that the King, well, the, not the other one, but we anticipate it might be the Kings that make the Dubois deal. But they were, they did make another deal and that was trading Sean Dursey to um, the Arizona guy, the Coyotes for a second round pick. And I like the deal for both sides. It gives L.A. another asset that they can move. It gives Brant Clark a spot on that blue line. Um, But from the Arizona perspective, I mean, they've got a lot of draft capital. Could you see them making more moves like this to get, you know, some younger guys that are maybe on the cheap that, you know, other teams, not necessarily that they're giving up on, but they almost have to move just to create some cap flexibility for themselves. And, And Arizona's in a good position to take on cheap young talent because they have draft picks at their disposal. Well, I, I completely agree with that. I think Jersey was a good pickup for, yeah, me too. for the Coyotes. I like that. And 
Like, for one thing, I think that Arizona knows that they have to – look, they had a good year last year on the ice. They were more competitive than I think a lot of us thought. They played really hard. And I don't think they want to go backwards. I, I, I think they – at least on the ice, I think they want to continue to move forward, and I think they want to be a difficult team to play against. So they are looking for good players. They are, they are not looking for salary dumps. You know, Jersey, I think one of the things the Kings do there is that, you know, Jersey gets points. He had, what, 40 points last year? That gets you paid. He would have had a very good arbitration case after this season. And I think the Kings knew that that would be very tough for them to handle. And so I think that's why he got moved. Um, I, but I, I absolutely think that. I think that, you know, the, the, uh, I think the Coyotes are looking for players like that who can help them and aren't just salary dumps. And they are going to try to take advantage of that kind of a situation. Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, and 32 Thoughts running Matt Marchese here on the Jeff Merrick Show. Okay, the other team you mentioned in there was Toronto. And everybody wants to make the connection with Calgary because, listen, that looks like a mass exodus right now. And and it's a, it's a shame for that market to see all these guys just say, mm, no, I, I don't want to stick around anymore. Um I'm assuming Craig Conroy is very busy on the phones. How much, uh, how many conversations do you believe he's had with Brad for living about? Maybe it's a guy like Toffoli. Maybe it's a guy like Lindholm. Uh, do you think that we might see a Calgary Toronto swap at some point before the draft or even after the draft? Um, the problem, everybody's asking that. And I think in a vacuum, that makes a lot of sense. You know, here's the questions I have about it, uh, young Marchese, is that, first of all, I believe Hannafin wants to play in the U.S. Like, I think Hannafin would be exactly the kind of guy that Tree Living would like to trade for. But I think he wants to play in the States, so that makes that situation uh, automatically more of a challenge. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I'm not convinced yet on Lindholm that he's 100% gone. I think it's possible, but I think, you know, like I said last couple of weeks, that he was weighing it. They may, I think they've made him the offer that he will need, or at least they're, they know what it's going to take. I'm not, like, it, it could go either way. I'm not convinced it's 100% decided yet. So I'm just trying to figure that out. Um, look, I think... I think Hannafin will go. I, I read Luke Fox's piece today with Backlund. It sounds to me like he could go. Um, and then we'll see. We'll, we'll see. And uh, Toffoli, I think, will go. But you know what? We'll see what else comes out of this. I know people are coming up with this Nylander for uh, like Lindholm and Hannafin deals. You know, the other thing here for Calgary is, are you going to make that deal unless you know, like, for example, let's just say for argument's sake, the lease decide to trade me later. They, they don't think they can sign him or they don't like where this is going. Like is Calgary going to trade for Nylander if, if they don't know if they can sign him? Like it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. So I, I mean, look, I, that's what this week is for. Everybody's here. Everybody's within walking distance of everyone else. You can figure it out. You can, you can get stuff done. And you can talk to people, and you can send. And also, there's a deadline of drafting free agency and deadlines for action. I think the Leafs. I think this is a big week for the Leafs and Nylander. Um, 
I, I have no doubt they'll be meeting here, or at least the representatives will, and we'll see where we are. But uh, I think that one's going to be a challenge. I, I think there's real work to be done there. Um, another team that is, to me, of, of great interest is the Boston Bruins because they have – they have some work to do. Like, it, I mean, I don't, uh, Jimmy Murphy was on this program last week and he doesn't think that, that David Krejci's coming back. He says there's like a, he thinks there's a 50, 50 chance that Bergeron comes back. But even with that being said, they're going to have to move out some salary because Jeremy Swayman's an RFA and the guy that keeps coming up and, and throw him into the goalie carousel again is the guy who's probably going to win the Vesna trophy. And that's Linus Allmark. Um, I'm assuming there's a pretty big market for a guy that just won or is going to win the Vezina trophy. But what do you think Boston's willingness to move him is like, do you think there is a preference to move somebody else? Because again, you're, you could be without your top two centers and then you've got a lot to figure out going forward. Well, you do. I mean, I think Boston's trying to keep this one very quiet. Cause like, like, first of all, like, like for example, like one of the, uh, like, uh, like I think Boston has been kind of frustrated. Someone told me they were really frustrated with some of the rumors that were getting out. And, you know, they're not the only team. I think a bunch of teams have been frustrated by it. But that's this time of year. Like, you can't really avoid it. I think the, with Allmark in particular, like, he could get the Vesna Trophy tonight. And I'm assuming they want to keep that out. They want to keep – they want to let him win in peace if he wins. So, I'm sure they're being quiet about that. Look, I – I think they've investigated what to do with their goaltending. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I think that there's other players, like, like I got to think that they've looked at guys like Grizzlick. I think they've got, they've looked at some of their other players just to see what the market is out there for them. I think they're trying to keep Bertuzzi. I've heard they're trying to keep Hathaway. They're shy on the cap by about four and a half million dollars. You know, I think they've got a lot. I think they've got a lot to do there. And I, I absolutely think they've put some players' names out there just to see what the market is. Like, you know, someone said to me, do you think they ever trade Marchand? I said, no way. I, I don't see that happening. I don't think they're trading McAvoy. And they'll, they'll work around it from there. But and they're obviously not trading Posternock. They'll work around it from there. But I think they've put a lot of other names out there. Now, I had some, like some people have asked me about Taylor Hall. I had real dispute about that. And um, like someone told me that that's a no because he's got an injury he's dealing with. So like, you know, like anyway, I, I think, but I would say this, I think Boston's put a lot of feelers out there, not necessarily because they are going to trade these guys, specific players, but I think they just want to know what's the market for these players. I I, I have a feeling Don Sweeney is going to be very busy in the next coming weeks. Yeah. Um, oh, the, yeah. the other team that we always should watch for around draft time, and we saw it in Montreal last year, is the, the, the home team. And Nashville, Nashville picks uh, 15th. And Barry Trotz had a comment today. Uh, he said, David and I have been working, the, been on the phones, and everyone's been trying to get into that top four. I've been trying to make them uncomfortable, but we still have a few days. Things can change. How they, They've already moved out Ryan Johansson, and they ate half of his contract. 
I'm assuming they want to add some pieces here to this roster who played really well after they traded, traded seemingly everyone off their roster last year, the incoming new coach, the incoming new GM. Do you anticipate that Nashville is going to be very, very active during and leading up to the draft? I think they're going to try. Um, You know, I I saw, I said this morning, I expect they'll keep their picks. Um, You know, I, I remember the year. I'm trying to remember what year it was. I think, what year, who went first overall in 2013? Uh, you remember, put me on the spot here. I think that was the well, McKinnon yeah, draft. Right was that McKinnon? I, I think, think that's so. McKinnon's draft. Yeah. So Calgary, that Calgary that year had, I think, picks 6, 22, and 28. And three picks in the first round. And they offered all three of those picks to Colorado so they could draft number one. And Colorado was like, no. And, you know, that's the way. Like, if you look at people who do analytics of the draft, one pick is valuable. The number two pick is valuable. And then it really drops after two. Like, the third pick really tends to be hit or miss. And so, like, if you have 15 and 24, I think it is, that Nashville has, and you're trying to get up to, like, top four, 15 and 24 doesn't do it. No. It just, it just does not do it. So, it like... I think Nashville is going to try everything. Like we know Poyle, he's fearless, and Trotz is showing that he's fearless. They'll try stuff. They've got twenty million cap room, um, but you know, to me, he said he didn't like free agency very much. So I think he's going to try to swing deals. Yeah, and it'd be really interesting. Like they have some assets that they can deal. Like, again, they traded away so many guys last year. By the way, um, do you remember who Calgary took with those three picks? Uh, I don't. Okay, Sean, Sean Monahan, number six. Uh, yeah. Then it was Emil Poirier, who's played eight NHL games at 22, and Morgan Klimchuk, who's played one NHL game at 28. So I think Colorado, and no disrespect to those guys, but I think Colorado made the right decision in holding on to that pick. Just a guess. Yeah, you know, well, it's, it's Nathan McKinnon, right? But I think also, too, it, it just shows you, like, you know, some of the best research that's been done in the NHL in the last decade is draft research. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's not possible to quantify everything, but you can try. And um, the research in terms of how much each pick has is a value and things like that, there's been a lot of good work done there. A lot of good work. Okay, uh, we've talked a long time about a lot of other things, and the, the biggest thing from the weekend is the trade that didn't happen. Um, yeah. The expectation was Kevin Hayes was going to go to St. Louis and uh, and Tory Krug was going to go to Philadelphia. He has a no uh, no trade. Doesn't seem like he wants to waive it. Um, where do we stand with this? Because like I said, this trade feels like a cricket match. It just keeps going for days and we have no idea when it's going to end. But do you think this deal is dead or do you think that there is still a chance that we get some semblance of a deal between these two teams? I th- I was under the impression that even if the Krug Sandheim part didn't work, um, that the Hayes part would. But someone said to me this morning that might not even happen. Um, so we'll see where this goes. Um, as of this morning, we recorded the podcast last night. Um, as of this morning, I was still the last I heard was nothing had changed with Krug that he hadn't been presented with a scenario that would change his mind. And, you know, people were assuming he'd get flipped right away. 
I'm under the impression that that's not true, that Philadelphia uh, pitched him on the idea of staying there. Um, you know, Philly, Philly trades Sanheim. Um, you know, they're going to have some holes on their D. They've traded Provorov. They, they were going to trade Sanheim. They're still going to trade D'Angelo, I believe. Like, that's, that's a lot of spots in their D that's open. He's a veteran. He plays hard. Um, you know, he could run their power play. Uh, I think that they wanted to keep him. I don't think a flip was initially the plan. Now, does that come up? Maybe. But I still think the flip is, was, was not initially the plan. And, you know, like, I, this is probably the last contract of his career. Or should I say maybe the last contract of his career? I think he looked at it like he wanted to uh, play, that, that he doesn't want to plan a team that's rebuilding. And I think the other thing, too, is, you know, one of the reasons that he had a no trade was because, you know, he has a young family. Uh, I think they just had their third child. He doesn't want to move them around all the time. If he goes to Philly, he could get moved again. So uh, I think those are the reasons. And I think it's important to remember, too, that, that if you negotiate something in good faith, there's nothing wrong with using that part of the contract. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with what Krug is doing here. No, neither do I. I mean, the team put it in the deal. So if you, if you want to trade me, you shouldn't have offered me that in the deal. I, I totally agree with you. Um, okay, so when we look at those two teams, I feel like St. Louis is also another team that we should watch for because, you know, I don't anticipate that they're going to be making three first-round picks. I think Doug Armstrong is a guy that, you know, much like we hear about with Brad Treliving, he's kind of in on everything. And, and I feel like he's not going to be making three first-round picks, so he's going to be moving one. Of those two teams between St. Louis and Philadelphia, which do you think looks more different than the team that finished off the season? Well, I'm just saying Philly because it's kind of already started there, but mm-hmm. it could go either way. Like, I, I don't think you're making a bad bet betting on either one of those two guys. Now, with Philadelphia, like, how deep do you expect these cuts are going to go? Because you mentioned, you know, if they move Sanheim, they've already moved Provorov. If they move, uh, it looks like they're going to move D'Angelo and then Kevin Hayes. Like, yeah. is Travis Konechny also in that conversation? Like, how deep is this thing going to go? I, I I don't know about Konechny. Like, to me, the last two guys that might be involved in this, barring anyone that was involved, was talked about this weekend, were Konechny and Lawton. I just don't know to put a percentage on it. Um, you know, teams have asked them about Konechny. I think Detroit did. I as much as I heard Detroit did. But that, I don't believe, is happening. So, you know the price is high, right? Um, you know, Philly, uh, Lawton, I think there's some teams that are all over Lawton. But, again, the price is high. And so that's kind of where we are right now. I think, you know, St. Louis Armstrong would like to try to do things. He missed the playoffs this year. He doesn't want to come back. You know, we'll see where this goes now. But um, I think both those teams are willing. I think, you know, Winnipeg's still there. I think Calgary's still there. Um, you know, we'll see where where this all goes. Uh, the other the other big name that's that's out there that we anticipate there's going to be lots of conversation surrounding is Eric Carlson. And, you know, he talked about we'd be he would be open to returning to Ottawa. And I mean, that would be a pretty formidable top four that they would have. There it would be something for him to go back. Um, do you think that gets done before July 1st or is that something that could carry over into the summer? I, I just think it's a really complicated deal. Like, it's a really, really complicated trade. So, I, I, like, like I've had teams tell me that, especially this year with the cap not going anywhere, 
Um, I, I think it's a really complicated deal. And I've had teams tell me that San Jose is going to have to be willing to accept less than what they want here in terms of both keeping money and return. But that's all saber-rattling. Um, look, I think based on pure talent, I think teams would love to have Carlson. Sure. Would love to have him. Um, um, but it's a complicated, complicated deal. Like, I think Edmonton has, like, tried it on a napkin, and they just can't make it work. So, like, you know, I, I think I, – I know at one time, I think Florida was – I really liked the idea, but how do they make it work? I think that's the question. People love the player, but it comes down to how do we make it work? Uh, one more before I let you go here and go enjoy the, the heat in Nashville because I heard it is just piping yeah, over right. there. Yeah, um, Aiden Hill, you reported yesterday that it looks like he's going to sign a two-year extension with a $4.9 million per season. Uh, great news for Hill, of course, who was excellent on that cup run. Um, should that, I mean, it, it probably does tell us about the future of Robin Lehner, but do you think teams might make some calls on Logan Thompson? I know it's probably in Vegas's best interest to keep him at the number that they, I think it's like 776, but do you think that teams will be making calls on Logan Thompson? Partially because he's a really good goalie, and the other because his cap hit is absolutely team friendly for anybody acquiring him. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm sure people will call. I just don't see it happening. It seems very unlikely to me. But you can always call. The other one I kind of heard out there today a little bit was uh, Zach Bogosian's name out there. You know, Zach's been around for a while. He's in great shape. So, and he plays a hard game. And I know. Uh, there's people out there, fans of Bogosian, but I heard his name a little bit, that he might be out there. Uh, pretty good for any contending team looking for a, a bottom pair defenseman. And gosh knows that after what we saw with Vegas, uh, you, you need those to win. Uh, Elliot, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the weather and uh, enjoy the awards tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, buddy. Take care. There he goes. Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, and 32 Thoughts. When we come back, Corey Lavalette, from the North State Journal and The Athletic. Jordan Stahl, the captain, signs an extension to stay in Carolina for four years, and we await a Tony D'Angelo trade to send him back to Carolina. Never thought I'd see the day. Corey Lavalette, when we come back, Matt Marchese here on The Jeff Merrick Show, listening on the Sportsnet Radio Network, watching on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet Now.